After driving the money changers out of the temple, see 21.12, Jesus begins teaching there. His authority is questioned by the religious leaders who are supposed to be in charge of the temple. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So the answer, Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of our Lord. All right, as you've probably noticed, slashed, heard me said several times, the lectionary likes to jump around. So let's remind ourselves real quick of what's going on and what we've read today. Matthew's 21st chapter has opened with Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And we are now in, as we call it today, the events of Holy Week. Jesus has knocked over tables in the temple. He spent the night in Bethany. And on his way back, he cursed a fig tree. Indulge me for a moment. Verses 18 through 22. In the morning, when Jesus returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the side of the road, he went to it and found nothing at all on it but leaves. Then he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? Jesus answered them, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only will you do what has been done to, to the fig tree, but even if you say this to the mountain, be lifted up and thrown down into the sea, it will be done. Whatever you ask for in prayer with faith, you will receive. This never comes up in the lectionary. But I am quite taken with my 21st century reading of Jesus being so hangry that he curses a fig tree for not having any fruit, and then the fig tree just withers and dies. I'm a little envious of that kind of power. In actuality, it's about judgment. The withering tree, that's the, the temple leaders and the people of Israel now condemned for their lack of faith in Jesus. The cursed and dead fig tree is part of the narrative shift to now being pretty heavy on judgment in these final days. Jesus makes it back to the temple, presumably having gotten something to eat. 
And now he's doing his teaching thing, which of course makes some of the religious authorities, you know, a little bit cranky. So they come up to him asking, by what authority is he teaching and saying the things that he says? And in response, Jesus does one of those, I'll answer yours if you answer mine things. Cool. Helpful as always, JC. And once again, we are turned to the question of John the baptizer. Who or what was he? What was the source of his authority? Note that the chief priests and elders debate what to say because the options they're given will have different consequences for them. Their struggle now becomes, which is a worse threat to our self-preservation. If they say John's baptizing was of divine origin, they will be questioned about why they didn't believe him. But if they say it was just something John did, they'll face the crowds who very adamantly believe that John was a prophet and you don't mess with people's prophets. So if we zoom out for a moment, we're in Jerusalem where the rest of the action in Matthew, a quarter of the gospel's narrative takes place. It's only a few days until that final meal, until Good Friday, and then Resurrection Sunday. Jesus has a lot left to say and teach in these few remaining days. There's a lot of parables on judgment, like today's and next week's, and about the end of time, the final judgment at the apocalypse. We're familiar with the chief priests and elders playing the role of Jesus's main antagonists as the narrative moves to its dramatic end and resurrection. What we may not quite realize is that the chief priests are a priestly aristocracy living the good life in Jerusalem at the expense of the rest of the occupied Jews. They both collaborate with and are under the control of the Roman Empire. They have a vested interest in maintaining the status quo, and they cannot affirm any challenges to it, like those brought, upon, brought about by John and Jesus. These are compromised leaders, bought and paid for by foreign occupiers who have pledged their allegiance to the emperor and not given their hearts to the God of Israel. These chief priests may be well-versed in the law, but they are lacking in its spirit. For the law and the gospel are not in opposition to one another. The law points to God's grace and love of neighbor, care of the poor and homeless, and ensuring that whatever one needs, one has. If the assemblage of chief priests and elders before Jesus, questioning his authority, answered that John's baptismal authority was of heavenly origin, then they are saying that God is and was at work in John's ministry. But if they say, he's just a man doing what pleases him, the crowds who have trusted in and followed him as a prophet may revolt, and they will have bigger problems than this Jesus fellow to deal with. The question before the chief priests and the elders today, the question before us, where and how is God at work? What is the ongoing revelation of God? Did God stop working at the ancient prophets found in our Hebrew scriptures? Did God continue to reveal themselves, to reveal divine intention for the world with John or Jesus? 
God continue to work in and through, for and by us today. We are called to live by the word of God. Does God still speak? Lutheran pastor Mary Anderson says on this text, in order to live by the word, we must believe the word is living. Do we still see God at work, active in the ongoing revelation of good? Live by the word. The word is living and eternal. Amen.